Are you ready for me to try destroying you now? We're ready to get trounced by the snake. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's great so, then. Yeah, we're getting the first shot. One hour. Yeah, this will be perfect. We'll have time for, you know, three little scenes after this. Perfect. So the uh, snake, is it a giant mechanical snake then? Or is it a, a I mean, a, it's the a size as we real. It's a It's the size of a real rattlesnake compared to the coyote, the armadillo, the rabbit, and the mouse. Okay, I cool. Think. Right, so we could gulp up Wilhelmina or any of the uh, hopping mice in a single sort yep. of chomp. Easily. Yeah. Great, I mean, good, great. Then, you know, it would take him a week to digest it, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll take, I'll just go down here. Well, I'll, I'll do, I'll do the, the turn then for this geckos, right? So the geckos then have the traits, three's company, and never going to give you up. So I kind of made them, you know, the fact that there's a group of three geckos, this three's company I can play to, you know, even just by mentioning, right? Kind of like them like scrambling over each other and, you know, you know, they function as a unit, right? It's one obstacle, the trio of geckos. Um, and then never going to give you up. I mean, might, yeah, I might go against some of the things, you know, maybe these guys, these guys are like the loyal ones, right? These are kind of the ones that are, you know, they're here for their rat boss, right? These are sort of like the loyal sort of chump followers of this rat boss, right? Again, these traits, that's kind of what we think they mean, but they can come to mean whatever we can in play, right? So um, in my turn, I would recommend when you guys take turns, don't try to max out everything. Um, you'll learn that in role play, right? You'll take a turn that's really dumb. Um, you'll get to know your characters really well. I'll be playing so many characters, I won't really have a chance to get to know them. So I'll be making some really dumb turns. And you'll learn like, oh, shoot, I should have just like mentioned the fact that there's three of them and I would have got that three's company, right? So kind of just do what you want, you know, role play whatever you think your character would do. And let those mechanics sort of, you know, slowly just sort of saturate yourself um, rather than trying to come up with a really complicated thing. And I'll sort of try to demonstrate that now. So let's say in the narrative then, the three geckos, uh, they all sort of, you know, wipe off, they make sure they wipe off their goggles, right? And you can kind of see all of them. The two of them on the, on the sidecar stand up and get ready as the first guy now is, you know, fully up on you. You see them pull out their knives um, that are probably broken pieces of sheet metal or kind of like, the, you know, that wavy sheet metal you can make um, shanties out of and stuff. They just sort of cut or maybe even chewed, you know, or had someone in their gang sort of chew out this sort of serrated, then disgusting edge of these rusted pieces of metal. And they all sort of hang out on the side, and one of them is going to go by. Just going to see this random here. Uh, that would be Zips, I guess. One, two, three. Yes, so Zips is in the front with a sword, and they're going to be like, they're going to be proud. They're like, yeah, we're going to get you. And they're coming at you kind of like trying to look cool taking on the, you know, the guy with the sword in front to, you know, impress their boss. So that's my turn. So um, they've got two drama tokens I started with. So that's two dice I've got right off the bat. Um, three's company, yeah, I sort of referenced um, the idea. There's three of them, this idea, you know, they're scrambling on this one vehicle. Um, never going to give you up. Yeah, I'm referencing the fact they're doing all this. They're attacking the guy in the front just to impress their boss, right? This idea of um, their sort of insecurity they're playing at. Um, dust in the wind, yeah, they cleaned off their goggles. I'm giving them dust in the wind. Strangers become friends. No. And end of my rope, I'm going to say yeah, since they're both sort of leaning on the outsides <laughs> of the bike. Is that cool? And then again, as any group, you would decide, right? So it seems like it's sort of subjective, but it's really not. It's just as objective as comedy in a certain way, right? Like if the people laugh, it works. If they don't, it doesn't, right? If something <laughs> is offensive, you know, like it's objectively offensive to the room, right? So you, the group sort of decides and you play to that group, just like you do in Dungeons and Dragons, when you say, like, how far away is the elf? And the DM says, 61 feet, so you can't see him with your infravision. Or 59 feet, so you can <laughs> see him with your infravision, right? Um, Fonchi does include that subjective element, but it's very much just a switch on or off, like, does this hit a theme or not? So in play, then, it doesn't, you know, after the first session with a group, there's no more sort of, it's never wishy-washy, right? That subjectivity is built into, just like any other game, like, does that count as a backstab? Does that not, right? I mean, all those choices you make, to of like how objective you're going to be it's the same thing right 
Um, so if you can count that end of the rope, um, I'm going to be rolling six dice. Yeah. So we've got this motorcycle of three geckos then sliding at you, Zips, in the front. So do I narrate uh, my response to that? Is that how the, the attack back goes? Yep. So now you get a full challenge, basically. Um, you'll be sort of riffing off of all of your traits and themes. Your mount pet, I guess you didn't decide if it's, I think it's functioning as a separate tile since you rolled, right? Since Tobias took a separate turn. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'd, I'd assumed it was uh, functioning as uh, an asset, but not for me because he'd gone back in the car, but I don't know what an asset is. So a separate tile would make sense since he's separate from me. Okay, so because Tobias is a mount pet, at any you can switch at will any time in the round, um, and, and the player's round, you can't now, but any time on your turn, you can make him either an asset where he's just a part of you or a familiar where he's a separate tile taking separate turns. So we'll say he's separate, but your blade is an asset. Right. So you've got your traits long in the tooth mm -hmm. and a hair's breadth from salvation, mm -hmm. which in my mind, I'm thinking of a hair's breadth away or something, you know, just to, to yeah. what is I'm close proximity aspiration. Yeah. And then your blade has the trait windbreaker. Yep. Right. And so those three, you're functioning as a unit. So you have that trait that your blade has your blade for all intents and purposes is part of you until I disarm it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, zips will, uh, eye up these these uh this trio of geckos and uh zips drags his blade out in a wide circle painting a, a circle around him in the cracked earth uh and then uh hefts it up and the moment that the three uh come pass within that circle a great uh um a great swing from the blade uh it goes over the the geckos heads and they they gain a moment of overconfidence, but what they don't realize was that uh, the the real damage from the blade was was not being hit by that serrated edge, but being buffeted by the wind, and the wind cascades over them and spills them out into the hot desert sun. Awesome. So we can imagine then. I mean, I guess I'll let the group sort of decide. What do you think? We what do we think he all hit there? Uh, we got some dust in the wind. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. He obviously hit windbreaker. Windbreaker, yep. I mean, I I like the I mean the long blade. I mean the idea of long in the tooth, even just for the you know taking the long edge around. I was gonna say I was gonna say the same thing for hair's breadth because he like drew yeah. this like hair thin line uh, yep. around him. And he mentioned as soon as they get there, right? That idea of like the edge. So one, two, three, four. Four it is. Four, and then your token. So five. One more freebie. So I'm going to roll six, you're rolling five, and now it's the highest number wins. So my highest number versus your, as many as, as one side's dice, as many of them that beat the opponent's high count as successes. Okay. So it's, you don't add up your numbers. You just, if you're, if Calvin, if your highest number is four, then every dice, every die of Scott's that's higher than four counts as success. Yep. Okay. Um, so my, the my highest is nine. Mine is two. Da, 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 da. So if you clash... Both of you get a drama token. So that's an escalation of the drama. So for listeners, that was Calvin saying his die was also nine. <laughs> I also rolled <laughs> nine. Yes. Um, so zips then. So we'll say then, let's, let's say that happens. So they come at you to spin. You do your blade, right? You kind of start out on the ground. And as it lifts up, you know, you kind of like point that wind at them, but they're still coming. And so their metal clanks off of your metal and you kind of have, it's not sparks that fly, it's rust. that's just flying <laughs> off of these these dank, dirty blades. It, it's um, a little rust dust devil that we've kicked up with, with this cataclysm of, of wind rushing from the, the motorcycle and wind from the, the blade. And so some people have powers, like on Clash, this happens. On Clash, you get to make a condition. On Clash, you get two tokens instead of one, right? Um, ooh, and we should come up with a decision here too, which I kind of know the answer to. 
Um, the default rules of Fantasy are, yeah, all clashes, you get a drama token. So even if you roll eights, if you were both roll eights, if you both roll nines, if you both roll tens, um, what I think is a little better sometimes for one-offs is all tens hit. So if I roll three tens and you roll one, I get three successes, you get one. It's not a clash. Otherwise, if I'm rolling like eight dice and all you need is one, you roll that 10, clash, block, everything's fine. Um, hmm. That's the default way. So we play, that's how we play um, with the anime game. We like clashing. Um, there's a lot of strategy. in. <laughs> if you're playing a long campaign, if, if I get six drama and you have six, it's never going to end. Like that's when you both look at each other and say, better luck next time. Right. And you like leave, right. That's like end scene, <laughs> like the anime fight. Right. Um, so we want that clashing because you want, I mean, part of the strategy of the game is getting around those drama tokens. Right. But I think for us here, let's say all tens always hit. So if I, if you've got eight dice coming at me and I've got two to block, I mean, if I roll that 10, I can, you know, I can do some damage to you, but I can't protect myself. If you roll two tens, I'm hit. Sure. So did the trio, trio of geckos also gain a drama point? They did. Sweet. And so that's that first turn, right? And if, yep. like, in their power, I gave them, uh, in most cases, I'll share with the players what the powers of the, the enemies are, um, only because I, we want it to be something, especially if it's like a machine gun or a device or something like that. Um, there's certain times when you wouldn't, you can have tiles completely face down, right? We play with index cards, like I said, so you can have it completely face down and this tile's growing a bunch of drama and they have no idea what it is, right? It could be like the sand shark or, um, I was thinking of even keeping the snake sort of secret for a while and you just see this, this tile on the table and you have no idea what it is and it's just getting drama, drama, drama until I, you know, but here we are. Um, so the next turn then is going to be for this rat boss. So <laughs> he laughs, oh, almost close, get the long ear. And he's going to ride his motorcycle then around past, you know, sort of like if you were standing at the front, maybe, uh, Zips, he's going to go past that. And actually, I think he's going to attack then Booty, right? So Booty's out there tying that rope, that knot, right, on the, uh, on the rope. So he's like, get that long ear! <laughs> and he kind of like pats one of his dudes on the back as he goes, and he holds up his crossbow in one hand, then he's going to pull out like a knife from his dirty, tattered vest of sorts, right? He pulls out one of his daggers, and he's going to try to stab it right in the, right in the little weasel's head, as he goes then rides his bike even closer to that, uh, the big tank, which he considers must be having some kind of fantastical treasure inside. Uh, his traits are wise guy A and make it work. I think I hit the wise guy for <laughs> helping out his buddies and smacking him on the back. And I think I got the end of the rope even for going after the guy who's hanging on the edge of the rope. And I've got three drama. So I'm rolling five. And so does Booty does Booty get a sort of rebuttal challenge like uh, Zips did since Booty's a follower? Yep, Booty's a follower. He has a whole separate tile. He's got one drama token himself. Um, I didn't write down what are we have. Booty would have then have two traits, no special powers, but two traits and a little you know a, and one solid flesh wound, right? Or sorry, two two small stress wounds. So your followers, if they go down, they're considered like you know disarmed or out of the fight. You heal them just like you would heal yourself uh, later on. Okay uh i gave him uh, i can help oh nice and he he gets tunnel vision okay cool so that tunnel i like the idea so tunnel vision then i mean that's like not a fact right that's not a condition that's not a status effect that is your trait yes so like thematically his character you know you can play to even when he digs in tunnels right he's a weasel right if he, he's at home in tunnels like make that as literal as you want right every time he squints his eyes you're getting that you know like play to it however you want right and since he's got the tunnel vision, he's very focused on his plan. So he's mm -hmm. just kind of ignoring the rat boss and continuing to tie the rope. And as he's tying the rope, he's kind of moving zips around a little bit too, because he wants to get the right angle to make sure that when he launches zips, 
that he goes in the, you know, he uses the wind correctly to hit the rat boss. Awesome. Yeah. So his turn is like ignoring the rat boss, right? He didn't do any counterattack. I mean, it's just the fact he's hoping the guy's going to miss, right? Because he's like, whoops, and he moves down and the dude, you know, yeah, perfect. So we've got um, tunnel vision. We've got, I can help. We've got strangers become friends. We've got dust in the wind. And end of my rope because he's tying off the rope. <laughs> <Darn> it, yeah. <laughs> That's a full bingo plus his drama token. That's six. Oh. Yeah. Great turn, right? Great turn. Yeah. So I'm rolling five. Ooh, seven. Okay. I got three eights and a nine. <laughs> Good. Brutality. So that's four full successes, right? Yep. And so with those successes now, on a challenge, you can either deal damage um, or overcome obstacle. This, if, if the obstacle were like fixing a pump, you would just you know, get better at fixing the pump. You can deal damage with those, or, and or you can make conditions. So I gave the rat boss one flesh wound, which is a two block. It requires two successes to deal. And one stress wound, which is then takes one success. So with three of those, you could take out the rat boss right now. And you'd still have one success left over uh, for you to make a condition with or play on a condition in some kind of way. You can either add one, take care, take, get rid of one, or force a condition, which means use it against an enemy to get rid of the drama token. Uh, I like the idea that the rat boss was swinging his little dagger down and he hit the truck and it stuck in part of the truck, which caused the truck to kind of anchor him, but his motorcycle kept going. So it Ooh. pulled him off of the motorcycle. Ouch. And the motorcycle is now careening towards the rattlesnake. And the rat boss sort of slammed head first into the truck. Like his whole body, the, all the momentum just swung him right into this armored truck. Yep. Yeah. I mean, kill him. Like, he's done, right? So, yeah. So, the rat boss then splattered on the side. Just pop my watch out. <laughs> Hammers into the side of this vehicle. And you can maybe even the, some of the wind, right, that Zips was making in the, that spin, right? He goes flying into the side of the vehicle. Um, knocks himself out. He doesn't necessarily have to be dead. He's been neutralized, right? The obstacle's overcome. So okay. he's out, right? You can talk to him later if you want. You can tie him up, right? He's neutralized. Um, you can decide what that means as the person who did it. And then with that one success... Creating a condition of motorcycle heading towards the... Or dangerous motorcycle? Careening motorcycle? Out of control? Yeah. Motorcycle out of control. I mean, or you could maybe even use one of these things to try to against... Yeah, none of those we could use against. I was trying to find a way you could maybe use it against a snake already, right? If we'd had, you know, if there was one of these conditions, you could force that condition or leverage it against. Well, the, the snakes, is it a nocturnal snake? High moon sun? <laughs> no. So we have a, run, a runaway motorcycle. So now this motorcycle is, you know, we're spinning out and it's, it's, a, it's a physical reality of the scene. Um, my last turn then is going to be this rattlesnake. Uh, I will have the rattlesnake then. Maybe the smallest thing it sort of sees in the front uh, might be those, the little, the little hopper mice. Oh, right? no. So the snake then is where instinct takes over, and it's going to burrow under the ground. Let me try to be just maybe a slightly more strategic here since you guys are doing great. <laughs> yeah, so he, so he burrows into the ground um, and is going to pop up just behind the, that group of the five or six sort of small hopper mice and sort of scatter them around. Um, grab one in his mouth and just beat it on the ground uh, to save the time of him having to, you know, kill it through the bite, right? He's just trying to smash it and crack all the bones against the sand. So he's got come slither and shake, rattle, and roll. Uh, I mean, I, I think we got the snake rattle, the shake, I should have said snake. Wow, that, was, that would have been too oh, true. Uh, shake, rattle, and roll for shaking the guy out. 
Um, yep. And I want the dust in the wind for that. Uh, that those, those well, and, and come slither because uh, snake came and slithered okay. up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so, I think that counts. Three. Great, Scott. Thank you for giving the GM's monster more <laughs> dice. No, my hopping mice. Six six dice then against the um, the follower mice. Oh god, the three drama. I so, forgot about its three drama. <laughs> can I come up with a description to try to? Yep. Uh, you you get a full challenge. Yep. Wow, uh, that's very dramatic and sad. Um, Save your mice. Yeah. No. Uh, I think yeah. So the the turtle bunker is in the ready. So I think uh, Armadillo Reese was sort of preparing in Sam to be. I guess there, there might be a certain kind of catapult contraption on the turtle bunker. So Armadillo Reese was sitting in that thing, getting ready to be sprung into action. His plan was to be. Would, would this be a defense by Armadillo Reese or by the mice? By the mice. It's the mice. Ah, by the mice. To okay. Always with the right tools. And okay. by nooks and crooks. By nooks and crooks. Huh. What could... I don't know. I'm, t- I'm taken uh, by surprise. I think uh, the other mice going to go into the, yeah, the, the small gaps of the turtle bunker uh, and find their way there and try to up out of their gaps at the last minute. Like, find their way through the... Between the, the plates of the bunker and then to the feet of that weasel and sink their teeth, tiny teeth, in the feet of, uh, of the weasel while one's going to try to pull his head back and make him stare into uh, directly in the sunlight and uh, blind him like that. And another's going to push, maybe there's a bowling ball or something like that lying around <laughs> on the bunker. So you just see one of the tiny hoppy mice pushing very hard on the very heavy uh, bowling ball so that it falls on the other feet of the, the creature. Okay, cool. So we've got them, yeah, retreating into the that bunker thing and kind of coming up with all sorts of different ways to fight back and assault this. Yeah, just to be clarified, the hopping mice are attacking the snake, not the not poor booty. <laughs> yes. So the, yeah, the rattlesnake. So I guess it's nooks and crooks, turtle, turtle bunker in the ready. Always with the right tools. The, the turtle bunker, yeah, you can't invoke one of those conditions. Um, that's what you would use sort of later on at the end mechanically against it to get rid of its drama. So the okay. themes I think you play to with that would be the strangers become friends for crawling in this, you know, these random guys' bunkers and kind of making yourself at home. Uh, and then both of your traits, right? The nooks and crooks and the idea of always the right tool. I would like, I would like to say that they, those hobby mice scattered like dust in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he would have added an element like that, I would have given it to him, right? Uh. So kind of idea of, you know, but again, I mean, different groups would set it, you know, I'm going to set the limit there, right? We're going to mm-hmm. put that one there. So he's got three, I've got six. Let's see what happens. Shoot, eight. Uh, I've got three, four, and six. Okay, so then all Ooh. of mine that beat six. So I have an eight and a seven, right? So both of those dice then are going to beat his six is his highest. Um, so I'm going to do with two successes. I'm going to do two of those small wounds. I'm going to knock those mice out for the fight. Right. Okay. So they have two stress wounds. Boom, boom. They're both done. So maybe they all, they all go to rescue the, the mouse. So he just pops up. He, yeah. So he injures one, just knocks it down on the ground and all the rest of them sort of like maybe grab that guy and pull away. They're out of the fight. Then They're considered neutralized for me, whatever that, right. They're maybe cowering by the tree or when he popped up, they all just, went in the air and then kind of fell down and got knocked out. And there was like six little mice now knocked out 
on the sand. Oh. Um, and now it's you guys' turns, right? All of you, I think there might be even, you know, you have your different followers, so there'll be more than four, but it's considered the player's round now. I'm done. So how would I, how would I compel a condition against somebody? Would that be a, something I do on my turn, or am I really just looking for a check or a full um, uh, conflict? Yeah, so if you wanted to roll a small check with your success, you can either gain drama for yourself or play with the red cards, which means add a new condition, get rid of a condition, or force that condition. Ah. Um, and you can do that at the end of a challenge, too. If you want to roll against somebody and you get three successes or two successes, you can use some of them to do damage, some of them to force those conditions, sort of whichever, whatever strategically would be best for you. But a check is would be one, and then the challenge, you could, you could potentially force the same condition two or three times. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you force the condition, then you you would basically determine how many successes you're putting into that forcing the condition. So you don't have to like justify the same condition right. three times. You justify it once, and then you put three successes into it if you have those to. Right, and that would be sort of you you would want to describe your turn in a way that lets that happen, but that's something you would decide then after you roll those successes or not what you want to do with them. You wouldn't have to like you know say I have time like narrative like you know let the narrative sort of dictate the role, and then you know let the role then dictate the effect. Cool. So, uh, Zips, seeing the, the, the rat boss uh, comatose behind, but uh, also seeing these, these poor little mice uh, attacked uh, heartlessly by the snake, will, uh, uh, ignoring the trio of geckos, uh, go over and, and, and wield this sword heroically uh, toward the snake and uh, sort of slash left and slash right, and the snake slithers uh, right out of the way. Uh, but, but somehow uh, the slashes seem to have distracted it from this uh, runaway motorcycle that, that creams uh, past the snake, disorienting it, and then uh, uh, followed up by a, a sort of a final uh, move where, where Zips uh, bounds into uh, sort of landing onto the, the ground in between the, the snake and these, these uh, leftover mice and, and yells, You're young! Save yourselves! Okay, great. So you could make that, I mean, you could make that a small check, long in the tooth, and just see if you can use that condition against him, right? To take away, or you, I mean, I think he's got enough there to do a full challenge. Um, you've definitely got strangers become friends, long in the tooth. I like the idea of the hair's breadth jumping between those things. What else do people see here? Yeah, if you, only you'd mentioned the rope that you were tied to. Uh, yeah, or if, if I'd mentioned that this was my final uh, moment, but I did not. But that's uh, three plus the two drama that I've got is five, and I'm happy to roll that uh, for a full. So the snake then will say, you know, you, yeah, so you kind of, you pull away from those geckos and you know, you're positioning yourself sort of against it. It will then have, it will see its carnage that has laid, that it has laid waste to, and it, be, it like lifts up its tail sort of like a proud, you know, just sort of like, you know, threatening gesture then rattles that tail. Um, sees you coming straight for it, um, is going to pounce then down on you and try to get like a huge fang over on that head and just start that process of like, you know, even if he's not really going to swallow you whole now, he's definitely going to, you know, see how far he can get and how much of you he can get in his gullet. Um, so I'm just going to go for straight up the shake, rattle and roll mm -hmm. and his uh, maybe come slither with my drama. I didn't really get too many themes there. How did you get come slither? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to second Scott's questioning there because... Excellent. Good. Well, I usually say, we usually start, we go, yeah, in 10 minutes, you know all the rules, and within 20, you'll be correcting me. <laughs> and that's how it should be, right? Because each group will, you know, sort of settle on what... Yeah, perfect. So I'll be rolling four. All right. And I'm rolling five, we decided. Yes. Yeah, three plus two. I got a 10. Oh, I got an eight. That's not going to do it. I've got one. So let's say with that one success there, I do a small stress wound to you then. So you get close. 
Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I like yeah. your turn. You say the, like, fend for yourself, protect yourselves. You know, mm -hmm. you are young. And so you jump in and, you know, maybe he comes down and just bites that blade and you guys are in the, the you know, the tussle that got him blocked from the blade. So I'll do one little stress wound. Excellent. And so we would count, if you have um, the, the one blocks are called stress wounds, twos are called flesh wounds, and we call the threes mortal wounds. Um, and then certain powers will say, you know, if you deal a flesh wound, you get this bonus or something. If you deal this, you do this. Um, we also, I mean, the uh, sort of the notice is if you need to touch something or like, you know, cause something to bleed, like a venom on the end of a blade or something, you would have to do a, a flesh wound for that, right? So these stress wounds on the side, um, you can even have during arguments and things like that. You can cause uh, stress wounds, the little one blocks. So uh, how many wounds do we, do characters start with? So each character starts with, I have them written here on your character sheets that you guys have not seen. <laughs> ah. Each character starts with one mortal wound. And I would never, I would very rarely give those to bosses, right? So a three block, it's very hard to do that, right? I mean, as much as, uh, you know, Chris had that amazing role to start you guys out, that was, I mean, he just splattered, he didn't even do anything, right? He dodged and killed the boss. I mean, that was great. So everyone starts with one mortal wound, two flesh wounds. So you've got two of those two blocks and then four stress wounds. Oh. And it'd be very hard to kill someone in one scene. Healing is difficult in the game. So it'll carry through scene by scene is usually the way to do it. Um, Chris's coyote is slightly different. The coyote has two mortal wounds. Oh. One flesh wound mm -hmm. and three stress wounds. Okay, so he sort of trades out. Yeah, his power toughness fused a one and a two together into that second third. So he's really going to be um, that, you know, your coyote, which is probably twice the size, of, you know, is fittingly your tank, generally. <laughs> he's very large. Yeah. Well, that was my complete disaster of a turn where I managed to uh, fail and suck on eggs. Someone else want to go? Mm -hmm. Backfired. Okay. I, I give Zibs a thankful nod and uh, I tell him, uh, mind is if I step on this, ever heard of a fastball special? I'm going to stand on the end of his uh, very long uh, sword, uh, wind sword. And point at him at uh, another uh, bowling ball and on the other end of the sword. So I'm going to invite him to jump on his hand uh, of the, the sword, which is going to project me in the air. So you get this nice view of the wide open desert with me in the sky rolled as a ball. And you see the three geckos coming back the view from them, looking towards the sky and seeing just for a second uh, the high noon sun being blinded <laughs> by this ball of uh, rock-like creature, which is me. And I'm going to fall in the middle of the three gecko, trying to separate them. Okay. So again, I mean, it seems like you're kind of playing off those conditions. You won't get dice for that, <laughs> but you can use that. But you can use that if you get successes to blind them, right? As they look up at you to get rid of those huge drama tokens they have, right? That's I mean, that's. I'm still using. Um, I think I'm one with the boulder, and the boulder is with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm dust in the wind. Well, a big yeah. speckle of yeah. dust. Yeah. Strangers become friends. friends. Mm-hmm. I'll say that Papa's a rolling stone since you curled up in a ball. You literally curled yourself into yep. a stone. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's four. So four it will be. Yeah. Um, so their defense, they are going to, they're going to let you land on their motorcycle. Let's say you land then on the front of the cycle. The guy sort of pulls up a wheelie. Uh, they're not going to, you know, split. They're not going to break formation at all. So they're going to sort of just pull that wheelie up. They all kind of grab the front and go, Wah! and they lift it up. So you're going to like land on their, 
you know, they have that, that sort of dirty like sand, right? It's a motorcycle, but it's been made, it's been adapted to do better in the sand. So it has these little like scoops or edges on the tires. Um, and they're going to try to like grate you um, on the tire and then just run over you. Cool. So I'm going to give them the never going to give you up for holding formation against this giant armadillo. Um, and the threes company for all of them in unison doing the same move. And I'm going to frigging rickroll them. That's what so I'm going to do. I think two for that, maybe. And then my drama tokens, they've got five total. Okay. Oof. <laughs> I got a seven again. Wow. These are uh, anything seven or lower is usually considered pretty bad. Right? I got a one, a two, a three, and a ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Narrowly pulled it out there at the last second. Nice. So the geckos have three stressors. They've got three little one blocks for each gecko. So you could knock out one of those geckos. Or like you said, maybe you, you know, when they look up at you, they see that sun and you could get rid of one of their three drama tokens to make them easier to take out later. Yeah, so you could basically weaken them by removing a drama point or like injure them. Just for listeners. Sorry, Caleb. I didn't mean yeah, that. I'm going to use the sun and uh, narratively break their formation a bit, uh, if that's all right. That's drama. Yeah, cool. So he's then forcing one of the conditions, right? We have several conditions in battle so far, right? The high noon sun, the wide open dead. Desert, that turtle bunker being ready, the weak group alliances that he remembers from these stories about how this is just sort of like a dirty ragtag band, and then a, a runaway motorcycle that's going somewhere. <laughs> um, and he's going to leverage then that, that sun against them, right? So uh, as they look up to sort of dodge against this giant armadillo, maybe he just like lands next to them, but they're all sort of like blinded uh, by the sun um, and so they lose a, a drama token. Awesome. Perfect. Cool. Chris, do you have an idea? Uh, so Stefan sees... Um... Zips over there fighting with the snake, and he he yells out, uh, "My friend, get ready to run around the snake!" And then Stefan pulls out his bag that he's been so diligently working on, and he licks one of his fingers and kind of holds it up so he can sense which direction the wind is going. And he throws the bag, and he's trying to get it over the snake's head so then Zips can run around and tie him up. Ooh, dig it, dig it. So we can say, I mean, that's. The sly is the fox, for sure. Wait, what was your other trait? Uh, uh, inv inventing is the key. So I'd say that's both of those, and the stranger become friends, the edge of the rope, and the dust of the winds. That's a full, a full bingo. Yep, bingo bongo. And do you have a drama? To uh, does a booty has a drop? Booty does. Yes, booty does. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Oh, end of the rope because you threw me a rope thing. Yeah. Well, yep. he's like using that, right? He's like yep. he's on that other end yep. of the, the thing. Okay, cool. So I will say this: this is then a challenge against the snake. You're imagining. He will, uh, so yeah, so he sees, he notices the, the rope connect, right? And he sees you, you know, making your gestures and, st and uh, as you sort of stand at the edge of that bunker. So he will then sort of slither around that rope, right? Leaving the prey behind that he stunned, but wasn't able to get like a good, a good mouthful on. And he's uh, also interested in what treasures might lie inside this bunker. Is there, you know, a band of scavengers and things like that? He's going to slither around that rope to get towards you and maybe come after you like from the bottom. And just do a, a great bite um, on your, I mean, you're a coyote, right? So he's a little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit afeared. Um, so he'll slow down that rope and then come at you from behind and try to just do what damage he can without getting too close. Okay. So I'll give him the slither, the edge of the rope, and his three tokens. Nine high. I got a 10. I got one 10. So with that, then you can do one of those two stress wounds to him. Or you could try to um, push one of these conditions against him to get rid of one of those drama tokens. I'd like the idea of getting rid of the drama tokens. 
So we'll say the, the bag does go over his head, and he's kind of tangled up in the bag. Well, that would be more like a status effect, I guess. If you want to say that, I think we could play the turtle bunker in the ready. I think we can play that. If you were like on the edge and you had all those tools afoot, maybe when he came up at you, he couldn't like get a full bite. Okay. If that makes sense, right? So you have to force one of the conditions that already exists. So um, just for, for listeners and also me, the conditions, you don't play to the conditions to give yourself more dice, but you might play to the conditions if your plan is to force a condition and make the make your target lose drama points, right? Yes. You don't you don't Yeah, you don't call it play to. Yeah, they you the you, you compel them against somebody. Yes, yeah. sorry, yeah, you're not getting dice so you're not playing to them in the sense of that's a that's a that's a yeah, phrase in Fantasy, right? Yeah. But you're keeping them in mind, and you you when you are thinking about wanting to force conditions, is you, you you have to sort of work it into your narrative, right? Like, and I mean, in some cases, I mean, in some cases, you know, if you had a good turn, like you know, even just chopping someone, you could say, yeah, I chop him, like you know, kick him over the debris or something. Right? If you have a condition like floor covered in debris, like you might not need to mention it on your turn. But I think you know, a lot of people, I think you know, even Scott set up a turn, sort of you know, playing to that, not not playing to. <laughs> Uh, he included the detail so that he would be able to use it more easily than with his success. And the same thing, um, I think that Callum did with, you know, the rolling in the air to then be able to compel or force that high noon sun against them, right? He included that in his turn in a way, but he didn't get dice for it. He didn't play to it officially. Okay. So actually you don't have to like, you don't have to bring it up as you're describing your action, but you can really only, you can really only force one if it's applicable, Yes. Regardless of, you know, what your action was, if you've got an yeah. applicable condition, you could force it. Well, I mean, I would have let, like, for example, I would have just let Chris say, the snake comes to grab me, but then that motorcycle runs over the runs over his tail and keeps him just from, you know, from chopping just close to my face. He could have added that narrative detail after yeah. his role in order because, to in order to justify the forcing condition. Yeah, I would. I thought, okay. I mean, you know, I think that would be And you can have groups that say, no, like, we're going to play, maybe, like, you want to keep those in. Um, I think the idea with Fonchi being emergent, you know, it's for, I mean, the whole, we designed it to be the emergent sort of meaning, right? So, like, the connections you make in the moment are sort of the point of the game, right? We say Fonchi doesn't reward role-playing, it is role-playing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't get a Benny for doing something cool, like, you have to do it cool or you don't get dice to take your turn, right? So, like, that, I would, I mean, if, if that's a cool narrative effect where the snake's coming at him and right before it closes, you know, maybe on the coyote's leg or up on the coyote's muzzle, that motorcycle runs behind. I mean, you guys, that's a great condition. Because it's like runaway motorcycle, right? Like it's there's that a motorcycle could be used anywhere. It could just you know, pop up. Yeah, it's, I mean, so that's a good condition, right? It's neutral, universal. Anyone can use it to sort of disorient an enemy in this round, right? That's a great sort of like booby trap you've thrown out there. And I say, yeah, use it, right? Use that that you know that mowing. And if you were a group that you know wasn't sort of silly like that, you wouldn't make a condition called runaway motorcycle, right? The idea of a runaway motor or a motorcycle sort of like careening around. You know, that's that I even that idea itself, it would not have even come up if the group wasn't sort of okay with using it that way. Hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, I'm, I'm good at the motorcycle. That's okay, cool. Idea. So I'm going to take a drama then off of that snake. I think uh, Tobias will go. Okay. And, uh, Tobias, who has uh, bunkered himself inside of his uh, turtle bunker, uh, like uh, mechanical device, will gaze down coolly as... Uh, the snake, who was uh, just recently run over by a motorcycle, is uh, disoriented, and um, so you know it's 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 doing the the, the one hop with having its have its has its tail run mm-hmm. over, and then uh, T- Tobias very slowly uh, switches the the his his giant tortoise vehicle and gear now that he's finally powered it up, and then 
ever so slowly encroaches it kind of also onto the snake's poor bouncing <laughs> tail. So are you going to make a small check then, hoping to compel that condition as well? Yeah. Correct. Yep. So three or higher, playing to slow and steady, yep. I imagine? Yep. yep. And I got a 10. Awesome. So again, so that, yeah, so the snake thing gets hit by that motorcycle and then the thing like goes into gear and maybe even like the wheels just sort of lurch into gear, right? And enough to then to get on it again. So it's kind of caught between that rock in a hard place. <laughs> Perfect. And that's a great thing to do just to help out the team for getting rid of that drama, right? That's a great debuff to put on there. Cool. Ah, very good, very good. And I think we still have Booty's turn and then, and then it's mine. No, and then uh, Wilhelmina. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but I would like to let, if if Chris is okay, I'd like to let Booty go ahead and go first, because I've got, uh, I want to see what everybody is doing before Wilhelmina takes her turn. It's not. Okay. Booty's still out there next to uh, Zips, and he noticed that Zips' last uh, little sword shot didn't go so well, and it's kind of stuck in the sand a little. So Booty runs over, and he's picking up the sword, and he's encouraging, like, pointing towards the snake and pushing the sword, just trying to encourage Zips a little better. Okay, cool. And you want to make a small I can help check there, or Strangers Become yes. Friends check? Yeah, cool. Three or higher? Uh, nope. That's a two. Nope. This guy's trying to steal your sword. What the heck? Is, what's this weasel doing? <laughs> so it's a lot of hand motions and him pointing, and you, you think that uh, he that he's telling you to steal third base. <laughs> Zips looks on very confused. <laughs> Okay, um, I have another question before I take my turn then, and this one's very straightforward, I think, Calvin. Um, the drama tokens, how per how long do those persist? Is that a scene-to-scene -scene thing? Or is that just you build them up for and you can have them forever, or...? The drama tokens will... It's a surprise. Uh, they At the end of a scene then, when you go to like you know like the downtime or whatever, it would, you would cash them out. They would... Generally, they would be gone. Um, actually... Okay. Um, as a little bit of a spoiler then, I mean, those are the, it's the only way you can heal at the end of a scene. The leftover drama ah. is the only way you heal. So if you get injured with no drama left at the end of a scene, your character cannot heal until you play another scene. Of course, scenes don't have Ooh. to be combat. You could be, you know, in a village, you know, sort of befriending people and, you know, rolling small checks as, you know, some of your friends might be looking for machinery or looking for food. You'll be sitting there convalescing. You're just taking your turns, role-playing your character to boost up some drama. At the end of that scene, you might be able to use that to heal. Okay. Um, you heal the whole group, you cash in all the drama, and you have to decide how to heal. And healing is very expensive. It gets a little bit tricky. Uh, so yeah, so at the end of a scene, it would cash out. If there was, if you know, if these guys got away, if these were like the main enemy and you really needed to face them, I would say, okay, it's the end of a scene, cash in. You could all say, no, we don't want to heal. We want to keep <laughs> the drama. And I just want to chase them, like get to the next scene, like right now. And there's, you know, there's rules. For, I mean, it just kind of says, you know, by default, you cash out unless there's some kind of special circumstance, then you could keep it. Uh, moving forward so yeah so think of it though as it's going to end at the end of this scene okay cool i just i i had an idea i didn't want to necessarily do a check if i was going to be sort of um yeah burning out the those drama points at the end of it because i i was so, okay um i'm going to do a challenge then okay uh wilhelmina oh everyone's everyone's so busy and everyone's being so productive i i i um i i should help too i should i should do something i suppose and uh, so she um, she um, pulls out a spool of uh, it's actually a you would call it a skein of wire really <laughs> um, she pulls out this sort of skein of wire and she starts um, wrapping it uh, around what now is obviously a knitting needle like she doesn't she has these like just kind of large uh, gauge knitting needles hanging from the back of her backpack um, and so she's wrapping this wire around it and as people run by as as booty and zips and uh, 
anybody with fur runs by, she sort of holds out the thing and like <laughs> brushes it against their fur. And you see like the, 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 yeah. oh, look at this. Look at all the static electric energy. And it sort of zaps out and you see like it, it, it sort of um, sparkling. And, uh, and she then points it at the, what do we got? Geckos? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's going to point at the geckos. Everybody's ignoring those geckos and she's a little worried about them. Uh, and so she, yeah, she's going to point this um, sort of pent up uh, wand of sort of static electricity at them and sort of try and zap them. Dig it. Is burns going to be an effective status condition to status effect to, to use against these geckos or is that? Yeah, you would. The spite happens. Um, it's, it's sort of like defensive though. So like when you take damage, you can then Oh, that's right. That. I forgot. Yeah. So I guess we imagine it'd be like the charge that's sort of always built up in her when someone flesh wound or a mortal wound. So a two block or a three block to you. Uh, okay. They automatically suffer burns. Okay. Of, yep, that's right. So I did not read that. A, great, a good charge. Listeners, I did not read that closely enough. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess I'm just going to... Uh, well, Scott was counting. Scott, how many things do I have? What I counted was uh, proponent of eclectic energy, because you literally mentioned that. Spins a good yarn as you spun wire around this, ended by rope, since it was rather rope-like the yarn, and strangers become friends because you used us to charge your static electricity. That's kind of what I was thinking of as well. And you got a drama, so that's... And I have a drama when I'm holding, so that's five. That nice. is a d12. I can't roll that. Oh, yeah, so I guess I'm targeting the geckos, right? So they get to do a thing. Yep, they're doing a thing. Uh, so they then, they see... So, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of, like, commotion over, you know, over by that, the, the trailer, right? And they now notice their boss is done. I think this is their first turn since the done, the done boss. Ooh. They're going to help out again. They're still committed to taking out this rabbit. That was, you know, their, that was their big goal. They're still committed to that. Uh, so as they get sort of blinded by that light, maybe they all jump off their bike, but still come together, grab each other's hands, and they see the, the armadillo, you know, sort of like rolling before it stands back up. They're going to sort of ignore that very large armored guy and run towards the rabbit. I'm going to actually just make a small check here. Or I'm going to use their turn. They have a power curse to stun. So let's say they have their, um, they have those small, uh, those, those serrated sort of edges and those blades and stuff, they're going to be coming at you then, Zips, and I'm just going to use my turn. It costs two drama tokens. It gets rid of all my drama tokens. Aren't they defending currently from Oh, shoot. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this system is wildly like oh, wildly complex. So yeah, so they're going to jump off of their motorcycle, committed to what their, their goal was, all stay together. They don't even notice that you're shooting yet. Um, they've got their blades out, and they're going to be running towards that bunny, all in a cluster. Um, when you zap them, it's going to hit their swords, and so they drop those blades, see you as smaller, easier, just as furry prey, uh, and then just pounce on you and begin, I guess, gumming at you and trying to like, pull your limbs off since they don't have teeth, I believe, geckos. So I'll give both of their traits for that. They stay as a company. They're never giving up. Their original goal was going after, you know, the target to please their dearly departed boss. And that might be it then. I got two. Plus my two drama tokens. I'm rolling four. Okay. So five on four. I'm looking at an eight high here. I have one ten. Well, that sucks. So you shoot, you zap their knives out of their hands, and they're all grabbing you, but like, I maybe it tickles? I don't know. Like, maybe, with, maybe without their weapons. I mean, that's good. You, you, you disarm them, and they just gum at you, uh, dealing a, a stress wound. Okay, so just one of the little ones then. Yeah. And now it's my turn, eh? Sure enough. Well, I guess they'll, they'll do it to you then. I'm yeah. gonna... They, yeah, they gum you up and cover you in like, you know, some sort of sticky saliva. I'm gonna use their turn to cast their curse. It stuns. It negates one of your powers. Okay. So I'm going to negate then 
uh, Wilhelmine, I'm gonna negate your spite. Ah, so if my you. snake does some big damage to you, it's not gonna suffer any consequences, right? Right. So they're gonna uh, spend their turn then costing that, you know, they're gonna gum you up and throw you to the ground. Like, you know, already wet and covered in saliva, very easy to swallow. So that's their turn. <laughs> the snake then, who just went after the Kaiwe, the snake then, and didn't get anywhere with that, is kind of looking for what it might be able to do. Uh, sees the little the little guys gumming around, rolling you out as you're like, sort of like collecting dirt and dust as you like roll, right? You get you get sort of like wadded up. You know, your gumminess sort of collects the sand as you roll. The snake is going to move around you like very slowly sort of, like circle you as you're like sort of fighting against the goo and the saliva and getting yourself covered. And it's just, you know, like the very, you know, like the, like Ka, the cobra in the like, jungle book or something, right? It's kind of just going very slowly. Um, it sort of rattles behind you to kind of turn your attention that way on the other side. And then it's going to do the nice slow grab behind you. Great. I'm thinking dust in the wind for you getting collecting dirt. Strangers become friends maybe for using his friends, sort of setting up this perfectly for him. And then his two traits. Okay. So just to be clear, the, the geckos used a power which yes. did not require us to have a roll off. Right. I just okay. I got rid of their two drama tokens. So just to get rid of your counterattack power. Okay. And then the snake is actually attacking me and would is doing effectively a challenge. So that's my like I yep. get my rebuttal counterattack thing. Yep. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, this I don't know. I don't want this. Error. Incoming. Yeah. Incoming damage. Incoming threat. Uh, and so uh, Wilhelmina. Um, tries to sort of drag out her, her needles and sort of ho hold them up to, to try and sort of dissuade this Titanic to her snake um, from getting her. And uh, of course she's still, she's still pretty heavily charged with the, the, the uh, two metal spheres on her backpack zap over uh, to the tips of these knitting needles and it frizzles, frizzles out her um, whiskers again. And there's just a moment where things slow down and, you see, like, a tumbleweed in the background sort of going slow. It's By the way, tumbleweeds, I guess it would be Titanic. It would also be very huge to us. Huge. Uh, so in the background, this giant tumbleweed, like, bounces by and shakes the ground. And the, the, the wind sort of whistles through. And uh, just out of desperation, she thrusts these knitting needles up uh, to try and defend herself from the snake. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything, 
please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.